Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory. I'm one of your co-hosts, Molly. Hey, hey, I'm Blair. And today, Blair and I are talking about... (laughs) I'm laughing because Blair and I, before this, Blair made her opinion very clear to me, and I loved it, and I can't (laughs) wait for you guys to hear it as well. Today, we're talking about kids and hygiene, keeping it clean with kids and hygiene. Keeping it clean. And Blair, you have a very specific point of view on this. Yeah, I'm 100% OCD when it comes to clean germs. I can't. I'm a germaphobe. This is my biggest thing is that I have a fear of puke. I'm not going to say fear. I just thought I don't like puke. And if there's like a possibility of puke, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, no, thank you. And that comes with germs. So I'm like always like, even before the pandemic, I was like, hand sanitizer, wash your hands, wiping things down at restaurants. Like, I am that person. I need to back it up for a second. Because, like, nobody likes the smell of puke. (laughs) (laughs) So for you, is it more of, like, translating it to, I need to clean that up? No, it's like, I don't want anybody to be sick. Oh, I get it. The germs. I don't don't want anybody to be sick, period. I don't want anybody in my household to be sick with any kind of sickness. Because it gives you the willy willies. And, but most especially puke. Got it. I just don't want anybody to be sick. I don't want anybody sick. I don't want to be sick. I don't sure. Want to be sick. I don't want you to be sick. So because of that, so it's sort of rooted in that fear of like, you don't want anyone to be sick. Also because you're taking care of your family. So then that translates to you being, some might say, overly clean or overly obsessed with cleanliness because you don't want to have the sick thing happening. Sometimes, yes. Got it. Because for some people, it's simply about... It doesn't translate to just, I don't want anyone in this house puking because it puking makes you want to faint or whatever, or you have to run and hide from it or something. But it's because, you know, some people grew up in an ultra clean household. I did. My mom was a germaphobe, too. Got it. A little bit more than me, but most definitely like, yeah, overly so. So we're not really talking about housekeeping today, although we may have given you that impression by the last couple of minutes. So today we're taking that feeling, because I think it's interesting to think about like what it started with. And for you, it started with, that's the way you were brought up, keeping everything ultra, ultra clean. And therefore, it translates to you keeping your kids ultra, ultra clean. So today we're focusing on really the kid part, which is how do I get my kid to bathe? Some kids are like hard pass. A lot of kids are. Most kids don't want to wash those hands after they pee or before dinner. Mm-hmm. It is a battle. And part of it is about transitions. Transitions in and of themselves are challenging. We've learned some tools, right, over the course of this pod to combat that. We have a transitions episode. So please go ahead and (laughs) check in with that as well. So we're trying to make our transitions as easy as possible. But for some reason, specifically in our household, washing hands after peeing before meals is so hard. We're talking about hands today. We're talking about bathing today. We're talking about dental. Yeah. And hygiene in general. Mm -hmm. And so do your kids naturally go towards it, Blair, because you do or just being kids and getting distracted and that kind of thing? They're just normal kids about it. Where are they now? Yeah, I mean, they fight it. But because I have set it up in my household that you have to do these things in order to eat, you know, in order to have your snack in order to, you know, as soon as you come in the house, you wash your hands. I'm a little militant about it. So, yeah, they fight me on it. Do you ever have to get like sometimes with my son? Mm -hmm. Because it's the same in our house as well. Like before you come to dinner, you have to wash your hands. He would rather skip dinner. (laughs) Just to spite me. I mean, yes. And we've had those where, especially for 
Well, no, my two-year-old, yes, both of them, where it's like, go wash your hands. And then it turns into, okay, then you won't eat. And they're like, okay. And then like, I will go to the table and I will eat my food and they'll come out and they'll be like, well, I'm hungry. I was like, well, you're more than welcome to eat, but you must go wash your hands first. So my son would lose his mind because I ate without him. (laughs) And his main meltdowns in general are hunger or tired as so many kids are right yeah so all i need is to get two bites of food in him for him to not have the meltdown that he's having but because i've Mm -hmm. set up the rule that he can't eat like he can't come join us at the dining table until his hands are clean yes it's like i can't win so now he's not coming to the table to solve the problem Mm-hmm. of him melting down because he's not mm-hmm. doesn't want to wash his hands and now he can't come to the table. You know what I mean? It's like this vicious circle. <laughs> it sucks. Oh, man. But you know what? It is a battle, but I got to tell you something. From my research for this episode, it is worth it whether you're on the germaphobe side of things with Blair <laughs> or if you're on the, you know, doing the best you can side <laughs> with Molly. Housekeeping is not one of my strengths. My strengths lie elsewhere. Oh, me too. I'm messy. I'm not dirty. I'm messy, but I'm not dirty. But yeah, housekeeping, please. (laughs) I know. The worst. (laughs) But I have to say that, like, I think, I don't know, there's that movie, which is devastating, called Marriage Story with Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. Did you see it? Oh, I still haven't seen it. No. Oh, well, it'll destroy your soul. Will it? It is devastating. Put it on the list then. Yeah. Oh, sounds good. Try this orange juice. I think it went bad. Mm. I can't wait to drink that orange juice. Well, here's the thing. It's not bad. It's an incredible movie. It's devastating. I never need to see it again. But one of them, their kid wandered out and their kid's like eight or something, wanders out and they say hands, which is, I think Scarlett Johansson's character says hands. And the kid just kind of wordlessly turns around and goes back into the bathroom. And I was like, what's that like? <laughs> what's that beautiful time of life when your kid just forgot to wash his hands? It's not because he's being a stinker head, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But yes, it is worth it. The author of a book called Parenting with Presence, among other books, her name is Susan Stiffelman, and she writes in Huffington Post, according to research, we have somewhere between 2 and 10 million bacteria. No, thank you. No, thank you. Living between our elbow and the tip of our finger. She didn't have to put elbow in there. Mm, She did. Mm -mm. We know some bacteria is good. It's okay. And germs can stay alive on our hands for up to three hours hours. Uh, yeah. See, this is my hard line. And this is why I am a little OCD. And this is why my kids don't have a choice when it comes to washing their hands. I see my two-year-old, especially, she's like potty training and she like holds the edge of the toilet seat. Right, right. Like that. No, thank you. She's already contending with 10 million germs already there. Well, in her defense, there may only be 2 million bacteria. Okay. <laughs> I can deal with two. She's tiny. And then there's like more to contend with on the toilet seat and three hours. No, thank you. It's like it's stress inducing. Just to let you guys know, I can see Blair on my screen and she's (laughs) legit having a panic attack right now. Her hands were waving around. She put her hands on her hips to give her armpits air so that she didn't get pit sweats. I can't. The entire time, like you were saying that, all I was seeing like was like flashes of all the nasty things that I've seen my kids do. 
And then like seeing like little bacteria just like in their crevices and their elbows and their elbows. No, thank you. I don't know why elbows is the thing that got you. I don't know. I don't know either because I don't think I think about elbows. But let me tell you this. Tonight we scrubbing them bows. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, that's why, you know, hand washing matters. And it's tough to get them to wash their hands. It's tough to get them to brush their teeth. It's tough to get them to get in the bath. Even What to Expect Mm -hmm. has an article on resisting bath time, and they say it may be as simple as toddlers are flexing their independence by refusing baths. Oh, totally. So it's not that they don't want to get clean. It's not that baths aren't fun, right? We have the toys. We're having a good time. They're just saying no because it's yet another opportunity to flex their independence. And part of me is like, yes, get it. Become your own person, but just not at 6.30 when I need you to get in the bath. <laughs> Please. Get in the bath. And then, of course, dental. Ay, ay, ay. Let me tell you about dental. Teeth are hard. Teeth are hard to get in there. They have so much control over their own mouths. On their own mouths. Dang it. It's infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> On Colgate.com, you know I went right to the source. They have a quote about uh, from the... CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, and they say that tooth decay is one of the most common chronic conditions in kids, Mm. which is a bummer. And it says this is for slightly older kids, affecting about 20% of those between 5 and 11. But we have to start young to create the habits in them that will help them to combat that. Mm -hmm. And let me break it down for you. Blair, your husband is of Irish descent. Sure is, them soft teeth. (laughs) So am I. We got soft (laughs) teeth. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a real tooth <laughs> in my own mouth behind like the front one since I was about 17 years old. <laughs> Caps and crowns. Yeah. Yeah. His whole family. Our whole family too. Mm-hmm. Our whole family. And it just is what it is. So much of dental care. It's so important. And also a lot of it's genetics. We had, when my son was maybe a year and a half or something, we started bringing him to the dentist and we had... Let him get you. We had all like the toothbrushes. There's one that looks like a banana, I think. You know that one? It has brushes on one side. Yeah, it's like a peeling banana. Yes. It's so yeah. cute. Mm-hmm. And you can chew on that and, and it helps them to get used to the feeling of something like in the back of their teeth. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we read all the articles, yo. So we like, <laughs> you know, got that toothbrush in there. But also, speaking of growing up, I don't remember when we were kids it being crazy. We always had to brush our teeth at night. It was just part of our routine. And then before we went to school, I don't remember flossing my teeth Mm-mm. until I don't even know when, maybe eight years old, something like that. Yeah. This was also in the 1920s. So like things are different. <laughs> right. Things are different. And I guess the big thing is like we know more now. Well, and how like your dental hygiene is linked to so many like other diseases. Oh, heart disease. Yeah. Yes. And I tell that to my son, too. I'm like, your mouth health is a reflection and can impact your body's health. You know, they're so interconnected. But we were not crazy about flossing his teeth when they started coming in. And also, we started going to the dentist when he was a year and a half older. So we're pretty good. I mean, not even pretty good. We just they tell us when to come every six months and we go. Mm -hmm. And before they started taking x-rays, they said, oh, he has such beautiful spacing, beautiful spacing between his teeth. So then when it came to flossing, I was like, I said to my husband, oh, it's okay if we miss tonight because, you know, it's a late night or we were at a friend's house. He has beautiful spacing. (laughs) So we're okay. Then he started getting about a year ago or so, he started getting the x-rays and they said, "Uh uh-oh, 
No, red alert, red alert. He has a couple cavities. And I said, cavities? I'm like, we brush his teeth every night. And they're like, how is this flossing? I was like, well, we floss pretty good a few times a week. And they're like, unfortunately, your son may have the kind of teeth where you need to be flossing at least once a day. I was like, okay, no problem. So we bumped it up. Great. Done. The damage had been done. He doesn't drink a lot of sugary stuff. He has milk with meals. He has occasionally apple cider, especially because he deals with hypoglycemia. So first thing in the morning, he needs to have some sugary juice. But other than that, he's not falling asleep with Laffy Taffy in his mouth, (laughs) which I'm pretty sure I did between the ages of 12 and 17. (gasps) For sure. But he's not. He doesn't have all that stuff. He didn't sleep with a bottle with milk in it. He just was never really a bottle kid for whatever reason. So, like, we didn't have those things that happen. They happen when you're a baby and when you're a little kid where you're just living your life and all of a sudden you kind of are reminded or told by your dentist, don't let them fall asleep in the bed with, in the crib with a milk bottle because it'll leak into their mouth and, you know, could cause tooth decay. We didn't have those kinds of things. So come to find out, he has a couple of cavities which we're dealing with and it sucks and I feel incredibly guilty. When they told me he had cavities... I can't tell you the guilt I felt because I felt like I had let him down. He was four years old and I was like, cavities? No, it was just your genetics that let him down. Yeah, genetics and like whatever (laughs) it was. Yeah, if I had known, obviously, this is such a common phrase of parenthood. If I had known then what I know now, if I had known at a year and a half that I should be, you know, start once those big teeth started coming in to start flossing them every night, I would have done it. Mm. I just, you know... Flossing, I can't even imagine his squirmy two and a half year old body <laughs> and flossing. And I, but I would have done it. I would have made it happen, you know, much more consistently. We were okay with flossing. We were great with brushing. You know, we brushed at least once a day, usually twice a day, but wasn't enough for my poor soft toothed kid. Well, and then like you said, when it happened, you know, Molly had told me about it was that your dentist said that there's some kids that can eat, you know, copious amounts of candy all day, all night long. And never get a cavity. And then there's kids that do everything right and their mouths are full of cavities. You know, it's all... A lot of it's genetics. Yeah. You got to take good care of your teeth. And then there's also a genetic factor. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you guys, that guilt, that parent guilt we have when something goes quote unquote wrong with our kid that we feel responsible for. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. I think the way I would describe it is fun. Oh, gosh. Uh, So sign me up. So today, you know what? After we come back from the break, we are going to figure out ways we can help our kids incorporate this beautiful thing called good hygiene into their lives. And maybe it won't be as much of a struggle. It won't be a battle of wills. It won't be a low point or a a breaking point in our day. And we're going to provide you all and ourselves with some great tools to do that when we get back. Stick around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) 
Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about kids... And hygiene. Keeping it clean. Keeping them clean. Gotta keep them clean. And there's resistance. And here are some tips that we came up with. Now, listen, let me break it down for you. (laughs) In general, this is what I gathered. Like much of parenting, kids aren't just going to do it. It's infuriating, but they're not. So we have to make it fun and switch it up to keep them on their toes so that they don't get bored. Because anything that's special becomes less special the more you do it, right? And then, so it's making it fun, switching it up. And the final big thing that I learned is that they look to us. We have to model this behavior, Mm -hmm. which I thought was so interesting because they really are noticing things. They might not mention it. It might be out of the corner of their eye, but they see when we don't wash our hands after we go pee. Yes. They see that. Like, even if we're like, oh, we're just going to run and pee. Okay, everybody get in the car. They saw it. Or at least they like subconsciously noticed that they didn't hear the sound of the sink go on. Mm-hmm. And that provides them with even just some subconscious ammunition the next time they don't want to wash their hands because it hasn't been modeled for them. And you also have to explain. I do my very best in my not to like put the OCD-ishness of myself onto my children. But I really do try to explain like what germs are and how there are some good germs, mm-hmm. but a lot of times there are some bad germs. So we have to like wash them off and you know, keep ourselves clean and live in a in a hygienic sort of way. So that, you know. Sometimes I think I've gotten, I've allowed myself to get too frustrated. Mm. Like, mm. I think I've tried to do that, but I'm already at the point where I actually need to walk away and take a breath. And I vaguely remember saying stuff like, do you want to leave germs on your hands so you can put them on the doorknob and then I'm going to put my hand on the doorknob and then I'm going to get sick. Do you want me to get sick? <laughs> I mean, I don't think that was it word for word. Please, please don't quote me on that. But I feel like it was something like that where I'm like, I had just gotten to the point where I was like, don't you understand the science? And like the bottom line is, no, no, he does not. (laughs) But listen, sometimes you do have to put it that way. Listen, you know me. Sometimes you do have to put it that way. Sometimes you just have to draw that hard line and be like, yo, kid, this is what happens. When you go pee pee and you don't wash your hands, you spread germs all over this house and you're going to make other people sick. Do you want to be responsible for that? No. Do your part. Do your part. Do, do your part. I said, do your part. Do, do your part. Let me hear you. You have to. I think that I'm mostly referring to my timing sucks where I say that after he and I are in a heightened state. Ah, got it. You know what I mean? And a heightened parent cannot de-heighten a heightened child. Or you say it calmly then. Take a deep breath and be like, yes. When you go pee-pee and you don't wash your hands, yeah. you spread your dirty, nasty little kid germs. <laughs> wow. All over my house. You said it kindly, and yet it was kind of mean. <laughs> They'll get it. They'll get it. I think I have good moments and bad moments. You know how it is. Yeah, I do. So let's talk about hands first. Here's some fun tactics 
This is an interesting one. Some of these I think would work better. And Blair, you can weigh in on this on littler kids than bigger kids. You and I have a five year old, but you also have a two year old. And our listeners have kids anywhere from one day old mm. to six years old or older. Of course, I hope that there's tips for everybody. So tell me what you think about this kind of age wise. So this is coming from that article in HuffPost by Susan Stiffelman. One of her fun ideas was washable chalk on their hands before washing time. So supposing you've already cleaned up the living room and you're getting ready for the transition to dinner, which is sometimes transition can be hard. This might be a fun time to do something like washable chalk on their hands. And then it's their mission to go get it all off with soap and water. I do think this would work for my son once or twice. And then he would be like, mom, you're making a mess. Get it together. (laughs) I'm on D side. Yeah. We've already made a mess. We're going to make more of a mess. To go wash it off. Yeah. Now you're talking crazy, mom. Now we're going cuckooville. No, thank you. I think once, though, it would work. And I think that's part of switching it up. It's like yeah. throw them for a loop. Mm-hmm. Knock them off their routine rails a little bit to make it fun, mm-hmm. which I love. Another suggestion is, this is really sweet. I don't know if I have time for this, but I love this idea, is to make your own soaps. Oh. Because they'll be more motivated to use something they've created. How cute is that? Oh, like them. Oh, like (laughs) I thought you meant like me after they go to bed, just like churning soap. (laughs) Why are you suddenly a pioneer woman? I don't know. That's exactly what I thought. I went straight to pioneer zone. You're like, I'll be right back. I'm heating up lard on the stove. (laughs) As soon as I finish this soap, let me make some butter and some homemade bread. I got time for that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like, well, she suggested because she said you can get on you know, the devil's website, Amazon, or anywhere else. You go to go to an arts and crafts store or whatever, but they have readily available molds and in, simple ingredients. So you don't, they make it easy because they want, it's an event for kids. It's an activity. I think that's a great idea. I do too. And also how funny is it? Have you seen the soaps that have like rubber duckies in them? Yes. So you can put something in them like a toy. So the more they wash their hands, the closer they get to getting that toy out. Do it. Listen, they love rewards. Yes. I do. <laughs> so yeah, making your own soap. I love that. I love that. And they're more excited to use it. Of course, there's always, we have this with cleaning as well. Sing a song. Maybe you have a special song that you sing with them while they scrub. Also, you can make sure it's 20 seconds long. A lot of people wash their hands for, you know, two rounds of happy birthday. She suggests a song that's like, scrub, scrub, scrub your hands, you know, da, 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 da. Make up your own words. It doesn't matter. But something like that to keep that part of the fun. During the pandemic. What? During? We're still in it. Remember that pandemic? <laughs> in days of yore? Yesterday. <laughs> Today. At the very beginning, I was like super like, ah, anxiety ridden. And I saw something on the gram. And it was this little kid who was like doing different, you know, hand washing techniques yeah so i made up a song to it so it was like and now we're going to wash the car wash the car and butterfly butterfly and milk the cow milk the cow it's like all these different it was like different ways that this kid was washing his hands and they were like butterfly milk the cow and i just made it to a whole song it turned out to be like 10 minutes long You're like, I'm having too much fun. Too much fun. My kids are gone. My kids are gone. But I'm rocking out in the bathroom mirror. Hey. The kid's like, I'm done washing my hands. <laughs> You're like, but I'm not done making stuff up. I'm not done. Well, you know, the milk the cow thing you just did, we try to make into motorcycles when he does his, for our listeners. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, you make a fist and you stick your thumb out and then he grabs it with his other hand and goes, rawr, rawr. <laughs> And it's actually 
pretty funny. That works. Yeah. Rah, rah. And then we do, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors, and that gets them to interlock fingers. Yes. But I love that you made a song. That's great, Blair. That's perfect. Oh, thanks. That's right. Yeah, good job. <laughs> and it's coming out on Atlanta Records. <laughs> it actually went really well. You can buy it on iTunes for 99 cents. You're welcome. <laughs> And then you can, of course, as I like to call it, creatively lie, which is to tell him or her that their soap is made out of a magical substance that gives their hands superpowers. Mm. And then they can paint their hands with the magic, then challenge your kid to grip something tightly to demonstrate his or her superpowers. There you go. How cute is that? They love rewards and to show how strong they are. Mama, feel my muscles. Feel my muscles. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think he would believe me. My son is way too pragmatic, but I do think that he would. Like, I think if they were younger, if they were like, you know, two years old and just figuring out what superheroes are and stuff, that could be really fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, not that they would also think it's real, but like, what a fun pretend game you can play. Totally. I'm doing it. So one that's right up my alley is showing your children how germs grow. I remember doing this in like second, third grade, putting the slice of bread in the... So what you do is you put the slice of bread in a Ziploc bag marked touch and another slice in a bag marked untouched. And you have your kid rub their unwashed hand on a slice of bread marked touch. And then you spritz it with some water to both bags before sealing it. And you observe which bread grows mold more quickly. And you'll see more on the slice that they've touched. Mm, Yeah! Mm-hmm. You see it. And you explain to them that even though germs are visible, they can end up in our food or create viruses that make us sick. And that's why it's so important to wash well. Yes. You know, I think that's really good, Blair. And it's sort of like an extension about what you were talking about. Like, you can explain to a kid about germs and how they can make people sick. But how hard is it for a kid to visualize germs? Absolutely. So this is a way to say, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> this piece of bread that you touch. They say, make sure your kid's hands are pretty dirty when you do it. So maybe it's when they first come in from playing outside or something. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be fun for them to like rub both sides of the bread with their dirty hands and stuff. And then you put it in that plastic bag that's just been spritzed with a little water and seal it up and it's going to be crazy how much faster it grows. It's something you can point to because I feel like my son sometimes can't visualize like something that hap- is going to happen in the future is sort of like too vague. Right. You know? they're goldfish. They have like 30 second memories. <laughs> time is not of essence to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They get all the time in the world. <laughs> totally. And then one, another tip that she says is, of course, to make it a game. Again, same with cleaning up your room. Like, that's the bottom line is that these are things that nobody particularly, well, maybe there are some people, <laughs> like love, but we all have to do it. And once we do it, we feel so good. Like, how much better do your hands feel after they're clean? So much better. They smell better. They look better. And it's also responsibility. Like you're teaching your kid responsibility. Yes. There's just some things in life that are going to suck that you have to do. But it's for the greater good of your health and for the health of people around you. Yes, exactly. Period, point blank. Oh, wait, there's one thing I did want to mention for the hands. We got this soap. It looks like a marker Almost. Yeah. They're different colors. And the soap goes on like pink and purple and blue, whatever color you put. And I put that all over. It's kind of like the chalk thing. But the kids love to put it all over their hands. And then they have to get all of the color rubbed off. And is the color the soap itself? Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Okay. So here's the interesting thing about baths. And I'm, I'm excited to hear your POV, Blair. 
So the biggest thing I read, it's like so consistent when you just kind of like glance at, at articles, you're like, how often does my kid need to bathe? Oh, because I know that routine is so good for everybody. But I also, I truly innately believe that nobody has to bathe every day. Well, maybe you want to, but like, do you have to? I'm not sure. So who was it that just got lambasted about this? Some hot guy. I think it was uh, Mila Kunis. Gosh, yes. I mean, they ain't wrong. But it also depends on you, your body type, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but the biggest thing I read was for kids, and this is what I read, and do your own research, of course, because I'm just a podcast host and an actor, so really, why are anybody believing anything I say? (laughs) What do we know? (laughs) But it does say, experts say two to three times per week, barring any skin conditions your kid may have. And if you think that your kid may have something more serious, just talk to your pediatrician. Of course, of course, as always. But two to three times per week, that's essentially every other day. And then if you miss a day, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And they say that's obviously other than when they are getting a little stinky. If they're physically dirty, they're out playing in the mud, do it, play in that mud, and then throw them in the bath. They're fine. When I say throw, you know I'm kidding. Or, of course, if in the summer they're covered in sunscreen or bug spray mm-hmm. or have been in bodies of water where there may be something that you don't want to leave on their skin, whether it be chlorine in the pool or natural organisms in a lake or whatever, you might want to give your kid a bath. Not even might. You probably should because you don't really know what's in that water. You want to get it off their, their bods. There was an article on Harvard Health, and they say, for many kids, even once or twice a week is fine. It really depends on your kid and your lifestyle. And remember, that's a full bath. Once or twice a week? Okay. <laughs> okay. Live your life. It is your child. It so depends on lifestyle, the kid's body. Much like our conversation earlier about teeth, like, every kid's going to be different. You have to do what's right for your kid. Like, if it's once a week, okay. Let me tell you this. If it were up to my child... Both of them, especially that little two and a half year old. Let me tell you this. There would be no bathing. Oh, yes. You know what? Take the bathtub out of the bathroom. Replace it with a sand pit because we're not bathing. (laughs) So like once to twice a week. And I'm also like, I'm also thinking, see, this is just like, I'm thinking about like going to the potty and I'm thinking about when I'm not with them at school. Yeah. Like what is happening? You know, well, they also say that this is like a straight up bath or shower. You can also put your kid in the bathtub, get a nice warm, soapy, wet washcloth. And they said, you know, do armpits and groin in their feet and rinse them down and they're done. So we're talking like a big old bath. You might not have to do a big old bath every day. Okay, All right. Like every now and then we do like a rinse off in the shower, though. Yes, that's great. Oh, I love it when they take a shower. It's so fast. Yeah, showers are great. So fast. So like, get in, get out. Let's do this. Yes. If you're getting some resistance to baths, you know, it's kind of the same thing as hands and teeth. You got to keep it fun and switch it up. And what to expect, they say, you know, especially for little, little kids being in like, what do you call those little tubs you put inside your tub? A little tub? (laughs) Yeah, I think they call them little tubs. (laughs) And this is not a baby baby, but these are like younger toddlers. If they're having a hard time and they're moving around and they're getting crazy and they're, you know, it's becoming a lot of resistance in the tub. You just can't get them clean. If it's safe and they're at the right age for it, this is up to you parents to make this decision. What to expect says, let them move. Make sure your bathtub has slip-proof surfaces. They're sitting on... We use a mat. I bought it at Marshall's. And it's one of those slip-proof ones that has the suction cups on the bottom and then the gridded surface. Mm-hmm. So we use that in the tub. Something like that. They also suggest waterproof. You can get strips yes. of like, you know, those things, non-slip strips, that kind of thing. And then obviously we never live a child alone in the bath. So they're never, ever going to be 
alone. So they can't stand up. They can't this. They can't that. But they might just need to be able to move a little bit. So you as the parent make that decision. Switch it up. Change the time to give a bath. Make it sound exciting. You know, change toys. Put some squigs in there. Yes, we do that. We have squigs Saturdays. So he can't have the squigs in the bath any other day so that it's special so that he gets in the tub. Because otherwise, sometimes he'll be like, no, I'll just watch another movie. Thanks, though, Mom. Talk to my secretary to schedule another bath at another time. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, what up? It's Squig Saturday. And he's like, yeah. And we get to then we throw the squigs in and he takes his clothes. It's so much more fun. So switch it up. Make it exciting. Switch it up. We do the uh, busy toddler suggested the glow sticks in the tub. Let me tell you, we did that a couple nights ago, and it was like a straight-up rave. I almost <laughs> took my clothes off and hopped in. It was so much fun. And they're really bright. We had like four in there. It lit up the entire bathroom. Oh, that's fun. And then, of course, they like took it to bed, and then we couldn't find them in the middle of the night. <laughs> they're like glowing underneath the covers. But... Yeah, they loved it. It was very fun. Yeah. Couldn't get them out of the tub. You know, they become like wrinkly little raisins. Yeah, switch it up and make it fun. That's awesome. They also say <laughs> on what to expect, enlist a bath mate. And they're like, that could be you, parent. You know, throw your bathing suit <laughs> on or not or whatever and get in there with them. And it makes it so exciting. My son to this day, I think I've taken maybe two baths with him with my bathing suit on. And one was when he was much younger. And then one was he was probably four or so. And it was so fun and he still asked for it. And most of the time I'm like just too tired and, uh, you know, whatever. And we have other stuff to get to. And now that I read that, I'm like, I think I do need to like be okay with that once in a while. Again, make it special. It doesn't have to be every night. Make it special. I take showers with them whenever we do the because I have to. Oh, yes. Yeah. But showers. But yes, it's nice to have the both of them. To have be each other's bathmates, so I don't want to be it. Oh, you're lucky. Yeah, that's good. Because mama ain't hopping in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> well, you actually hit on the next one, which is consider a shower instead of a bath, which we definitely do sometimes. For sure. And then the, just the other day, he said, mama, I'm going to take a shower by myself. And I was like, okay, okay. I can't let you do that. <laughs> so I just made sure I was at the shower door. But he talked through it the way I talked through it. Mm-hmm. He was like, I tilt my head back and put my chin to the sky to rinse his hair and stuff. And he was like, okay, and put the soap on the washcloth. Stinky parts first. <laughs> 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 Which is his armpits and his groin area and his bottoms of his feet. And I was like, yep, you got it, kid. And it, they're really listening. Yes. Also, if your kid, particularly your toddler, is really, really resisting getting in the bathtub for some reason, they say, also, take a break from baths for a while. Like earlier, we talked about like a quick sponge bath in the bathtub or in the bath area. That's okay for a while. And they say, you know, they'll probably quickly remember how much more fun baths can mm, be. Mm-hmm. But it says, oh, you don't want to take a bath anymore? Okay, but we still have to clean you know, your body. So let's find other ways to do that. And then after a couple of those, they'll be like, wow, this is pretty boring. No (laughs) toys are involved. Let's get back in that bathtub. Or just take them out back and spray them with a hose. Yes, do it. (laughs) That counts, doesn't it, in the summer? Mm -hmm. If they play in the hose, that's bath, right? Run through the sprinkler. Yes, for sure. (laughs) When we come back, we'll discuss that teeth thing. Some tips and tricks to help your kids be better brushers and flossers. Stick around. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. 
Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory. We're talking about keeping it clean with kids and hygiene. And now we're moving on to teeth. Oh, it's such a thing. Teeth are tough. Yeah. I really don't think that they understand like how the whole mouth thing works. Right. Just like sometimes they don't understand how the whole sleep thing works. Mm. <laughs> you need that. You need them teeth. You need that sleep. But from that Colgate article, the first thing they say is lead by example. Duh. <laughs> and brush your teeth. <laughs> yeah. Brush your teeth with them at the same time. Yeah. Do it together. Toddlers often love to mimic what their parents are doing. Use that to your advantage by brushing together. Cute. Done. I do that with my kids. You know, watching you brush your teeth can make the process more interesting for your toddler. True. And you can set a great example simultaneously. And if you're courageous, I'm not. Let your toddler practice brushing your teeth while you brush theirs. Blair, come on. That's cute. No. <laughs> no. No, thank you. Get your hands from in or around my mouth. No, thank you. <laughs> Don't touch my toothbrush. Oh, my God. No, thank you. Do you store your toothbrushes away from your kids' toothbrushes? Heck, yeah. Oh, that is so funny. Yes, I keep mine completely separate. Yeah, no. I'm cool. I get it. Listen, I'm not the fun parent. We've established that. (laughs) Sorry, I just bellowed loud. When you come to mom, you're getting cleaned, you're getting fed, and you're going to bed. Okay? Don't touch my toothbrush. The other day I was in the shower and my son said to me, mom, I'm coming in to brush my teeth. And I was like, oh, that's great. And he knows I have to help him until he's eight. That's what the dentist told us. Until your kid is eight years old, you have to be with them and help. But I said, oh, that's great. Like he's taking the initiative and he goes, yeah, do you know where my toothbrush is? And I go, oh, you know what? I just remembered we brought it downstairs. Remember you had a dentist appointment after school. So I had to bring it. Blah, blah, blah. I said, just wait till I get out. And he goes, nah, it's okay. I'll just use yours. Ah! Don't. We had the most lightning fast conversation about why you don't share toothbrushes. Oh, no. Don't do it. And then the other things, of course, is making it fun again. So we lead by example, be a good role model, really do it with them. But then also you can make up a song. You can play music that they maybe it's a special song they love that you only play when they brush their teeth or something like that. Mm-hmm. We used to do the Elmo brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. I think I've seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> We used to play that for him every single night. And he loved it. And he'd be like, ammo, ammo. Yep. That's great. Let's get them teeth brushed. Yeah, yep. use those apps. Use those songs. Use those. There's so many good videos. Colgate has an app that comes with their toothbrush for kids. 
Yes. And let me tell you, it's actually quite good. It is an app that comes with the toothbrush. I think it's called the magic brush or something like that. And it has a video of the kid. It has a, you know, the camera. The kid opens their mouth and it's like a rocket ship or something shows them where to brush. Oh, that's really fun. And they have to follow the rocket ship in their mouth. It is great. It's hard with two because it only does one at a time. Okay. But if your kid has a tough time brushing, get that Colgate app. Get that toothbrush. Pristine. Yeah. That's awesome. They have a bunch of games, in fact, on there. And that's awesome because I love these, you know, apps, obviously, our phones are the devil, but they're also angels because there's so much information, so much good stuff. Another great tactic as far as dental, let them have some choice in the dental process, like going, you know, we do, we go to CVS and he picks out the toothbrush. Yeah. Which is so fun. How about a note from the tooth fairy? Listen, kids love rewards, right? They love rewards. So they love getting that moneda from little twinkle toes. (laughs) And if your kid refuses to brush their teeth, place a note from the tooth fairy in the bathroom mirror informing them there's no payment for teeth that haven't been properly brushed. Oh, no, she don't. Did you know that? She don't take dirty little teeth. (laughs) She really put down her tiny fairy foot about that. She sure, sure did. The tooth fairy knows everything. Wink, wink. She knows everything. She knows when them yum-yums ain't being brushed. She sees when you're not brushing. She Mm -hmm. knows when you don't floss. You stink! (laughs) (laughs) But Blair hit on the other thing, too, which is rewards. I mean, you know. Love them. Nobody don't like a sticker chart. (laughs) Put up a little chart in the bathroom mirror until it becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. And then they part of the reward is they get to put a sticker on that chart. And maybe at the end of the week, if they have seven stickers, they get to have a little grab bag or something. Yes. Um, or an extra story at bedtime or choosing the next board game on game night or that kind of thing to motivate them even more. Or choosing the next toothbrush at CVS. Yes. Yes. That's fun. Mm-hmm. And of course, if all these things aren't working, if you tried all these little tips and tricks and they're not working, it might be something, pun intended, deeper going on. Like tooth sensitivity. Mm-hmm. If they're truly like, I cannot do this, it hurts, but they don't have the language for that yet, then you might need to talk to your dentist, check stuff out. Because if all these things aren't working and your kid seems detached or in pain, then for sure, talk to your dentist. Go visit. Go see your dentist. Let me just, I just got a side note on that because my son had a headache for the first time. This is like maybe a few months ago. He had a headache for the first time. Not the first time, but like in his brain. And he woke up in the middle of the night and he said, I hit my head. And I was like, oh, go back to sleep. You're fine. And then he woke up again and he was like, I hit my head again. I'm like, dude, why do you keep hitting your head? And it still did not click until the next morning when I checked his temperature and I realized he had a fever. And I was like, he didn't know how to say it. He didn't know. And I forget that. So just I sidebarred to let you know that sometimes kids will refuse or they'll say things that make no sense or do make sense, but are the opposite of what you're thinking. That's a really good reminder. So, yeah, just know that. Just put that in your brains. Oh, man. Kids. I love kids. I love them. But gosh darn it. Keep it clean, kids. (sighs) Keep it clean. So we hope that you guys got little tips and tactics to kind of tackle this with us. Mm -hmm. Because I know that this struggle to keep our kids clean and have them be a part of it. To not like my sometimes my son just makes his from the elbows down from his 10 million bacteria covered elbows down. (laughs) (laughs) 
floppy and then just whines the whole time and I have to wash his hands because he won't do it if I don't do that. Like, that's the worst. Like, I don't want to do that. It doesn't happen very often. But when it does, I'm like, I need to eat dinner now. You know what I mean? Like, I need to go. Mm -hmm. And we're about to go into Meltdown Town because he's hungry. So hopefully some of these fun little things will help us. Also, one thing I think I need to do is to just sort of plan for it better. Like, rather than dealing with a hysterical kid right before dinner, you know, I think it's tough. I'm making dinner. You know, if my husband's not home from work yet or something, then it's it's on me. My son's calling for me, et cetera. I think I just need to plan it in there. Like, we're going to clean up and then dinner won't be ready for five more minutes. And it's stuff I can leave on the stove. And I can just go with him into the bathroom and make it a fun experience rather than me being starving and panicked Mm -hmm. and needing him to wash his hands and him a crumpled mess on the ground yelling, mommy, carry me, mommy, carry me. So like there has to be a better way. That's on me to like figure that stuff out. I need to help himself. It doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen sometimes, particularly before meals. So I think with a little better planning, I can also help him out with that. Or you can threaten them like I do. And that's toddler (laughs) purgatory. (laughs) You know, if you're worried about safety in the bathtub, particularly if we're taking away things like those little tubs for your older kids, obviously not a baby, but... Go ahead to whattoexpect.com. They have some great tips like, obviously, you would never leave your child alone in the tub. Ways to prevent slips and falls, like we were talking about the self-adhesive strips, etc. They have toilet cover, you know, latches to make sure that your little one doesn't get up and stand up and that kind of thing. Mm. Watching the water temperature, you can go downstairs to your boiler or whatever and set your water heater to a maximum of 120 degrees, testing it with your wrist, all that stuff. They also have those rubber duckies. Yes, turn colors if the water's too hot. Yeah, those are good. I had one of those. I thought it worked pretty good. Mm -hmm. I also think the wrist test is a good one. Just make sure you're not hot. Because I feel like sometimes when I... (laughs) When my body was hot and I did the wrist test, I was like, nice and cold. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. I was like, oh, gosh. Keep electrical appliances away, all that stuff. So make sure you're being safe. But let's get those kids in those tubs two to three times a week. Or if you're Blair, once a day. I mean, listen, most of it is really just for my routine. We need to keep the routine. And it's like, oh, you know, bath before bedtime. It, listen, sometimes is it, are we scrubbing down? Are we getting down? Are we exfoliating? Are we doing all the things? No. Five days a week. I'd like to point out, please don't exfoliate your child. <laughs> don't exfoliate. They are natural exfoliators. Yeah, they don't need any exfoliation. Please <laughs> do not do that. It's right about like 35 that we need to start exfoliating deeply. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes just getting them in the tub is the success. It is. Really. It yeah. is. To play. I think I wash my kid's hair once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. And he takes a bath every other day. And that's been working out for us. Yeah. And every once in a while, we got to skip it. Do what works for you. Just don't let them get too stinky. Listen, this is what I am going to say. Wash their hands. Their hands need to be washed. Yeah. I saw a sign. My son had soccer the other day. And we went into the bathroom and we were about to wash hands. And they had a sign up from the before times that said, try to wash your hands for at least 15 seconds. And I was like, it's 20 seconds, everybody. It's 20 (laughs) seconds now. We're all nervous. But I like had a minor solitary panic attack about the fact that it said 15. And I was like, I got to come back with a piece of masking tape and a 20 on it and stick it on there when they're not looking. (laughs) But yeah, 20 seconds, y'all. 20 seconds. Give it 20. We're in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, it's something that for the greater good of everybody, right? Yes. Keeping your hands hygienically correct 
will help the greater good of the community, not just yourself. Does hygienically correct, is that a long way of saying clean? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to think of something that was going to like... Keep it correct. Hygienically high def. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with us today on Toddler Purgatory. We're going to keep it clean. Keep it clean. Around here. Keep it clean. We do hope that, you know, Spotify has a new feature where you can rate podcasts. We would love it if you would drop a review or a rating on Spotify. It helps us to bring new listeners in. And we love, love, love hearing from you. So you can go to ToddlerPurgatory.com or our Facebook page, wherever you do your social mediaizing. <laughs> do it up. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Thanks for joining us. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self help in a simple to digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.